Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday we were shaking the Monday morning blues and we had our Dr. Cynthia Boone on with us. And she talked about praying for my husband's integrity. Oh, my goodness. Pastor Dr. Cynthia. Oh, she was fantastic yesterday. As we talk about maintaining your integrity, especially when we're talking about people of God. And... Keeping your promises was one of the things that, you know, we started off talking about. You know, when you talk about maintaining your integrity, you know, you have to say what you mean and mean what you say. You can't be a person of integrity and you're not a person of your word. You know, I remember when, years ago, when Donald Trump he was just Donald Trump back then, the millionaire. You know, when he wanted to borrow money, they really went for his credit. They looked at his credit. Was he the type of man who paid back the money that he borrowed? Was he going to, you know, pay his bills? And, you know, it didn't matter that he already had money. But was he a man of his word? That's what they were looking for. And that's what God is looking for. God is looking for the fact that we're going to keep our word. You have to say what you mean and mean what you say. You can't be wishy-washy. You can't be wishy-washy. I'm sorry. Oh, we, t- ooh, we talked about a man who talks. Too much. Ooh, Pastor Cynthia got into that one. Oh my goodness. 
You know, you really need to don't 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 get to the point where you're over talking. You're talking too much. You know, we we definitely don't want to see people of God and especially men talking way too much, talking about people, gossiping. You know, no, no, that that's not a person who you know really lives and walks in integrity. Now I brought up, I brought up paying the bills and. Cynthia, oh my goodness, we talked about that thing, and she talked about the fact that, you know, a man of great integrity, he takes care of that household, he makes sure that all the bills are paid, you know, how can you run your home and all the, you know, the debt over your head? is just looming. You're not going to have any peace. You're not going to be able to rest. No. So, you know, those are like just some small things that indicate a level of integrity. People are watching you. People are watching you, men of God. And people are watching you, women of God. As Pastor Sin talked about you know, the way men should handle these areas and make sure they walk in integrity. And then she talked about our placement. What are we doing? What are we not doing? Oh, my goodness. She was absolutely phenomenal yesterday. And she handled it with such finesse. Yes. And what a woman of wisdom. What a woman of wisdom. So we give God thanks as Pastor Cynthia came. I mean, she came back to be with us. I mean, she's been on here several times. So I'm going to round up all of the times that she's been here, just in case you want to go hear some of her other episodes and give you that information, you're going to really, really enjoy listening to her. Wow. We could not finish a Monday morning properly if we did not have our switch tip with Shanti. And the switch tip for this week, don't bond over trauma. Now, these switch tips are, are definitely starting to hit in a certain manner. You know, I have watched so many people bond very in a, in a very unhealthy manner. And whether it's couples, whether it's friendships, you know, just don't bond over trauma. Areas where that they're just not healthy, and for either one of you, and you know, birds of a feather flock together, and God needs us to bond with people of God. But even when you're bonding with people of God, you gotta be real careful about how you connect with these people, and and watch what keeps you together. Because man, I have seen some. Stuff. 
And, you know, people run off. And they really think that, you know, this is something that is is good. You know, especially when they sit in the church. Especially when they're in the church. So you got to be, you know, on the lookout. You got to be on the lookout for times when, you know, you're gravitating and you're connecting with a person that's not so good for you. And just because they're in the church, that does not mean they're good for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, some, I've seen some very unhealthy relationships that are right in the church. So, beware. Beware. The enemy is lurking all over the place. Yes. So, make sure, you know, when you are connecting with a person, it's a person who God wants you to connect with, a person God wants you to consistently be around, that, you know, iron sharpens iron, and not in a negative way. Okay? All right. That's how we spent our Monday morning. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Ah. We got a day we're going to talk, 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 talk. I got some stuff that I want to talk about. I got some stuff that, you know, is coming up. I want to talk about. Uh, I got some decent news. And I don't know where we're going from here. All righty. So come on. Grab a friend. Go get that healthy breakfast. Come on. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph. It's on. And whatever you do, don't go nowhere. Because we will be right back. Irritable bowel syndrome uh, can affect women more than men, although men do have it. Symptoms would include a pattern of altered bowel habits like diarrhea, constipation, abdominal bloating, abdominal pain, abdominal cramping, gas, a sense of incomplete evacuation, and a combination of all of the above. In addition, it occurs over a certain amount of time and that's what qualifies it as being irritable bowel syndrome. Oftentimes people can have an incidence of diarrhea or constipation episodically, but if we start to see a pattern where this is a regular phenomenon that someone is experiencing, then they should seek medical attention for that. You shouldn't be afraid to seek any medical attention for those symptoms. Oftentimes there are treatments we can give patients that will make them feel better. So don't be afraid to come and talk to us.
Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Yes. Now, it's not like we don't talk any other day, but we didn't talk about stuff. Talk about stuff, talk about stuff. And I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to have you with me today. And uh, hopefully we can get this party started with some information that you're going to need. Well, here we go again. Here we go again. The first thing out the box, we have the New York State Police warning us of yet another phone scam. You know, I really hope we're not falling for this okie doke. Now, I just got a call yesterday and it literally came up. It didn't show no scam lightly or spam lightly, scam lightly, scam lightly, right? I think so. And it didn't come up like that. It came up straight of Shanghai, China. And it popped up on the phone. I'm like, really? Like, I know somebody from China. And, you know, I started not to answer it, but I did anyway. And when I answered it, you know, there was that recording. And I hurry up and hung up, you know, disconnected the call. And I meant to go block it. I meant to go block the call. Do you know you can block calls on your phone? Yes, you can. I know you can do it on any Apple product, on any iPhone. You can definitely block your call that you don't, you know, so you don't get that call from that number anymore. And there's a lot of, they give you like a high number of um, numbers you can block. So, you know, if you see those numbers come through, just block them. You know, you won't get it from me. I mean, you might get it from another number. But listen, again, you just keep blocking them. After a while, they'll stop. After a while, they'll stop. But the New York uh, Police Department is talking about yet another scam. They're saying that, oh, another scam is making its round through the Troop E area which is, like, up in the Finger Lakes, New York area. So that's, like, way upstate. And they're saying that now the scammer is pretending to be a state trooper. So they say the scammer says they are investigating you for drug crimes and asks for personal information and money. Yes. So, again... Don't fall for the okie doke. I've heard of this before. This is not the first time 
I've heard of this where, you know, you have like a, a, a police um, a department that's supposed to be calling you and claiming that, you know, they're accusing you of some type of a, you know, a crime. And then they start asking you for all your information. And please don't fall for the okie doke. Do not fall for it. Okay? Nobody's going to call you. Okay? Nobody is going to call you and tell you about a crime. No. They're they, they not doing all of that. They're not doing all of that. They would be knocking on your door. Yes. Okay? So... There's a list of, you know, different types of warnings. So they're saying, one, you can just take a pause. Just take a pause. They say scammers create a sense of urgency to prey on victims' emotions and their love for family members. And, you know, that's true because, remember, we had a season where they were getting the grandparents. Remember that? telling them that the grandchildren were in jail and they needed uh, money to get them out. Yes, we did stories on that. So, you know, again, don't fall for the okey-doke. If your family member is locked up, oh, you're going to find out about it. And they ain't calling you. Okay? Not like that. So they're saying that you should verify any supposed emergency by calling friends and family before sending money. They say this is especially important if a potential victim has been warned not to do so by the caller. So in other words, they're saying that there are some calls that say, okay, don't call such and such. You know, nah. They're not going to tell you not to call if it's real. Okay? So don't fall. Don't fall for the okie doke. They say if the caller purports to be a bail bonds person, ask where your relative is being held and contact the facility directly. Okay? Yes, you can. You can. You have to have, like, information about the person, the person's name, their date of birth, stuff like that. But you're going to be calling a legitimate place. Okay, so do not, do not, you know, fall for that. Okay, they say if the caller purports to be a law enforcement officer, get the exact name, hang up, and call that department directly. Okay, so again, if they're calling from a particular precinct or, you know, sheriff's department, then Get the name of the sheriff's department and don't even say I'm calling back. Just hang up. Just hang up. Look up the police department and call back on your own. Okay? Listen, if if somebody you know is really locked up, you'll, you'll get to them. You'll get to them. Okay? They say be suspicious of anyone who calls unexpectedly asking to be sent money okay so please do not give anybody 
any money. Don't send any money over the phone. Okay? They say never send cash through the mail. All right? You know, people are busting open mail, and now they're going to have your cash money. And cash money is not traceable. Okay? Never purchase prepaid debit cards or gift cards for the purpose of transferring money. Oh, they have gotten a many people by getting them to buy gift cards or um, different types of um, prepaid debit cards to quote-unquote transfer money. Again, this stuff is not as traceable as other methods of, you know, currency, okay? All righty. They say develop a secret code or password with your family members that can be used to verify the identity of family members over the phone. And, you know, pretty much we've always done what? We go by the voice. I know what Cousin Joe sounds like. I don't need a code word, but you know what? These days and times, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. Or ask him something like, what was great-grandpa's middle name? You know, something like that. (laughs) Something that only that person would really know. Okay? But develop a code word, and you can't go wrong pretty much. They say, ask a question that, oh, okay, so I was already there. Ask a question that only the real family member would know the answer to, such as, what was the name of your first pet? Okay? All right. Or remember that time when you got kicked down the stairs? Who was that? Who was the one who kicked you down the steps? Now, if you can't remember the person who kicked you down the steps, then, nah, you surely are not the family member because that would be some traumatizing business that you would never forget and you would never forget who done it. All right? All right. And they're saying set Facebook and other social media settings to private to limit information available to scammers such as the names of relatives. Or better yet, don't even put that information in. Don't populate that information. Okay? Now, you know, of course, you know, they can look and see everybody that is a friend who has your last name, you know, and they can just assume that they are um, family, you know, especially if they start going through where they pick up all everybody with the name Jones, you know, more than likely that is some relative if your name is Jones. But... I see in some people's about information, you know, they have like other family members on Facebook and that that area is populated. Just don't populate that. Give them a little run for their money. Okay? So, you know, limit the information you give out. Limit the information that people can get. And, you know, that ain't tough. That ain't, you know, so easy because all you have to do, your name and stuff is out there in the internet world. Yes. I mean, some intimate information. So, you know, bone up. And, you know, that kind of stuff we can't help. 
we can't help. As much as we get angry, as much as we, you know, fuss, we can't help it. We can't take it down because it's coming from multiple sources, multiple sources. So we want to make sure that we're not aiding to the scammers. Okay. All right. So what are we talking about today? Mm. Mm. Well, all right. So you got this, <laughs> you know, 911's a joke in your town. Remember that song? <clears throat> Excuse me, that uh, public enemy? Well, they've got this 911 dispatcher out in Texas. And boy, is she in some kind of mess. She's in some kind of mess. She's created a big mess. And boy, you know, now, you know, they're doing some investigating. But I got to tell you, I would be in the least bit surprised that this stuff was not going on excuse me, during the hours that she was supposed to be working. So they have this Texas police dispatcher and she's been suspended after her husband caught her sexting seven officers, including two with whom she was having affairs. And her boss is investigating whether this took place during their work hours. Now, how unlikely would that be? You know good and well. That has taken place during work hours. Because, now think about it. When else would they make the initial connection? I'm not going to be off duty and know who the 911 dispatcher is. Somehow or another, the connection had to be made while you were working. And you exchanged numbers. And this Crystal Perez, 38 years old, she's an overnight dispatcher in San Antonio. And she's been placed on unpaid leave after her husband found out that she had these messages in her cell phone. And he told her boss about it. Now, he had no idea initially that it was as bad as it was. So, there's a sergeant, a deputy, yes, who's also been suspended. And they're facing possible termination because they're involved in this scandal. So, and I'm gonna say this is this is, and it gets deeper than that. So, they not only was she, um, they call it sexist. Those two, but again, up to seven particular individuals, and one was married, and is now facing divorce after they found out that he was having an affair with this this Perez. So 
you know, the other wife or the wife of the other individual, the deputy, you know, she's like, well, listen, they're supposed to be protecting us. How in the world are they protecting us and they got these affairs going on back and forth? So they say that, again, her husband, the dispatcher's husband was the one who found the uh, the the, the um, text messages and he was upset and sent it to her boss and you know he's 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 upset like listen um they were talking all kinds of stuff like um I love it I you know I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it we need another day at the hotel and I can't wait to be caressed by you and we're kissing each other. And, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine picking up the phone? You didn't send your wife to work overnight. And this is what she's doing when she's supposed to be helping saving other people. Because you're not going to tell me this did not happen while they were on duty. Or at least she was. So, no, she was on duty. So, he was so distraught that, you know, he just turned her in. (laughs) Just turned her in. And again, unfortunately, you know, it's not just, you know, single men. You know, um, very explicit um, what do you call it? Messages during um, you know, this read with, again, she was sexting seven of them, but two of them she was actually having an affair with. So, listen, not only that, check this out. If you're out overnight, you could be doing anything. You could be doing anything. When would you have time to sex seven people and have an affair with two of them? It's only 24 hours in a day. So, yeah, you were doing that. You were doing that. You were doing that during work hours. You know you were. 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 All righty. What else are we talking about today? They tell me don't fall for the okie doke. Don't fall for the scams. Man. Woo. Talk about scams. Scams is I think you out there trying to save my life. You out there sexy. All righty. Well, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that story. What other story do I want to talk about? Okay. Okay. I had this story from last week, and someone sent this story to me, and I decided to pick it back up. So you have this California dermatologist who is facing charges of multiple felonies by a grand jury because she's alleged to have poisoned her husband with Drano. And what she was doing was she was sneaking it into his teeth slowly. So you have this Dr. Emily Yu who was indicted on three felony counts of poisoning and one felony count of domestic battery 
with corporal injuries. And they say about a year after she faced accusations of spiking his drink, they say that they have two children together. And they say they've been married more than eight years. Oh, no, she's going to get more than eight years if she's convicted on all charges. So they're saying that her husband started tasting something strange in his teeth that he drank on a daily basis from her. So he set up a camera in the kitchen as he did his own little investigating. And they said three days in July of 22, she was captured on the camera pouring liquid Drano into her husband's teeth and she would leave it on the counter. And he's a radiologist. So he decided to scoop up some of the samples of the teeth and send it in to be tested. And lo and behold, she, you know, <laughs> she was, you know, caught. And he looked at his videotape and 10 years of marriage. They've been married for 10 years. Now, if I can't trust 10 years of marriage, good Lord. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, let me say, let me say this. There had to be something else going on because if I start tasting my teeth on a regular you know, basis and it starts tasting funny, I'm not thinking nobody's poisoning me. That would be my first thought. My first thought would not be I'm going to set up a camera in the kitchen to see what my wife is doing. So clearly, clearly something else was going on. That kind of made him suspicious to believe that, you know, she was putting something in his drink. Or it was so it was coming across so strong to where she thought she was um where she thought she was, you know, holding it down, you know, spiking the drink. You know, Listen, tea has is not a strong smelling beverage. So if you put Drano in the man's drink, he's gonna smell that. He's gonna smell that. Come on. You 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 gotta be smarter than this. Well she wasn't. Eh, she wasn't. You know, so now, you know, they have two children. And they have a restraining order against her from the children. And, oh, she's going to jail. You better believe she's going to jail. She's going to jail. Well, the mother-in-law is saying that there's a long history of her mistreating the man and the two kids. See, I told you, I know it wasn't, you just ain't going to wake up one day and think somebody poisoning you. Yeah. So, all right. If your drink starts smelling a little strong, 
Y'all better start paying attention to your nose. The nose knows. All right. What else are we talking about? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, here we go with these jokesters. Here we go with these jokesters. I had this one from last week, too. So, you got this YouTube prankster who has more than 40,000 followers. And he was at a Northern Virginia mall filming one of his latest pranks. Now, he's been known to pull pranks on total strangers. Now, first of all, you stupid. These days and times, you don't want to say hello wrong to these people. We've had stories of, you know, somebody, you know, saying one thing to a person and the person attacking them. Why would you pull a prank on a total stranger? So here's what happened. So you've got this Tanner Cook, he's 21, stupid kid, and he, on a Sunday, was shooting uh, um uh, a prank again in the mall and he did something to this 31 year old guy and they don't really really know what ultimately prompted him but they say they didn't know one another thus the stranger aspect of this thing here and again you know he's been known, this is, these are his pranks. They always go um, to strangers. So they say that all they know is he has this YouTube channel called Classified Goons. And they went and they went to this stranger and they put these people in awkward positions awkward scenarios and, and it's supposed to work like a candid camera type of thing so they say that one of the videos that he's done is called barking in people's ears prank and he would go up to people and bark in their ear and see the people's reactions they also show him and a couple of other pranksters that he does stuff with. You know, laying on the display bed. Um, on uh, um, you know, how when you go in the store and they have like the beds, and they would get in the people in the store's bed, and they would film the staff members, you know, telling them to get off the bed and all these kind of things. Well, well, well. They say that he, they, they believe that he was putting a phone to another person's face, this other guy's face, and it was something, some recording in a different language. Well, the man didn't like it. The man did not like it. He slapped away the phone. They say, this is like, like bystanders who are saying this account. He slaps the phone away once. The guy comes back, he slaps the phone away twice. Well, you know what? He got mad and shot shot this 
21-year-old, shot the prankster in the stomach. So now he's in the hospital recovering from this prank and this shooting. And the father of this 21-year-old, you know, he says, well, you know, the guy didn't appreciate the joke. And, and he got mad and shot my son. Stop playing with people. Everybody's not taking your jokes. You don't know what's on people's minds. We, again, we have done so many stories about strangers and strangers and what they're doing to people. And you don't even have to do anything to them. And they are like attacking you and all kinds of things. So you in a mall, you minding your business, somebody comes and puts a phone to your ear, we don't know how loud it is or what the language is or whatever, and clearly, they were just, he was disturbing the man. And again, the man, you know, he swipes the phone away once, swipes it away twice, go about your business, go, go about your business. You know, if you want to be this prankster, then go and bother people in another way. Don't bother people indirectly. If you you know, you go go sleep in the people's bed like you've been doing and see what the salespeople say or whatever. You know, but stop, stop, stop. So you know what? Now the father's all twisted. He don't know why the man would shoot him. You know, he really didn't have a motive. Um, you know, why would people pull out a gun? You know, he's a giant teddy bear. He didn't mean no harm. Well, I bet you he'll stop them jokes now. Because the same way the guys pulled out a gun and shot him in the stomach, he can pull out a gun and shot him in the head. Yeah, who cares about his good heart? No, I beg to differ. You do not have a good heart when your pranks include disturbing other people. How is that a good heart? I'm sorry. That's not my definition of a good heart. I don't want to go to the, to the, to the mall and be pranked. That's not a person with a good heart. A person with a good heart would leave you alone. Because they don't know what's going on in people's world. So you know what? You, you, you got what you deserve. I'm sorry. I, 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 it may sound a little harsh. But you know what? Again, you're lucky the man didn't shoot you in the head and you died. Because then there would be no lesson learned. So take this lesson learned and go about your business. Go about your business. Okay? All right. I got a couple of other stories. Uh, where are we going with this one? Where are we going Hmm. Well, all this money that they've been dishing out has caught up with them. So now Mayor Adams is asking for $650 million because they say that since July of last year, they, New York City, has received about 90 immigrants each day. And they say to the tune of 32,000 migrants are not living in the city. And because of that, you know, it's put a lot of weight. Ha, ha, surprise, surprise. Really, it's put a lot of weight on the city. It's taken money from other areas of focus. And now, you know, they can't do anything with these people. They have to help them. 
and they, they can't give everybody jobs because there's not enough jobs to go around. This is what the article is saying. So I'm trying to figure out, well, when did they figure all of this out? Now, Governor Hochul, um, she's giving, she has a proposed budget where she's pledging $1 billion in migrant aid over two years. And they're saying that technically that's not even enough. And, well, I guess not. If you're asking for 600 and some odd million in one year, then her one billion is not going to cover this. Yeah. Because that's definitely not going to hold this city down. Now, they're saying that the, the shelters, they're expecting, they were only expecting the shelters to hold the people for a certain amount of time. But now they have to stay in these shelters longer. Again, where was the plan? This is not a surprise to me. I don't know, maybe a surprise to you all, but it's not a surprise to me that you would think that they would only stay in the shelters um, a certain amount of time. Because remember now, the shelter system is only supposed to house you for a certain amount of time. So they thought that this was going to be the same when they started letting in 90 migrants a day for all this time. What are the people supposed to do? Because initially you're supposed to get the people in the, in the shelter and then, you know, work their way out of the shelter. You're finding them homes, you're finding them jobs, all kinds of things. But you can't find the people who are already here jobs, get them straightened out, and do the same for all the 90 people per day who's also coming in with nothing to offer. You're accepting these people in, but these people may not be marketable. How are you expecting them to come and be transitioned out when you don't even know what they're bringing to the table? These people are coming with families. So what, what's supposed to happen with kids? So really, really, this was not a plan. They say the average number of migrant households in city-run shelters grew from 828 to 12,642. And they're saying an average of 7 thousand plus are staying in facilities on an average night. I, I, this, this, this was a very poor plan. Very poor plan. And this is why they're coming here with expectations. This is exactly why they're coming here with expectations. Well, 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 well. The cat is out the bag officially, and I said it to you last week. I said, oh, it's coming out when a homegirl teacher decided she was going to sue for $40 million, remember? And they were going after this assistant principal because they said that she did a very poor job with securing the... Um, safety of not just the 
students, but the teachers. And I knew it. I said, Somebody, somebody's going to pay now. Because, see, you talking about $40 million. Oh, they spreading this thing here then. Remember Miss Ebony Parker? Yes. Well, 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 well. They finally are holding Mama accountable. Now, let's go back real quick before we get to our due time crew. Remember, this mother was supposedly, uh, she had supposedly purchased this firearm legally. Remember, she's been saying, and the family's been saying, that the firearm was way up in the closet, about six feet above this six-year-old head. It was supposedly in a lockbox. It was supposedly in the lockbox with a lock on it, um, similar to a bicycle lock. So there was no way he could have gotten in it. And I kept saying, well, how long are they going to take to hold somebody accountable, this parent accountable? Well, Ms. Deja Nicole Taylor, 25, is his mama. So now we officially know what side of the fence he's on. And now I'm really surprised it's taking this long because I'm going back to Pastor Charlotte's theory of who did she know? Because this didn't sound like somebody on our side of the fence was being protected. She is Deja Nicole Taylor. When I read that last night, I said, oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Somebody on our side of the fence. She bought the gun legally. She's 25 years old. Prime thoughts. Somebody irresponsible. 25 years old. 25 years old, your child is a menace to society already. And that's not a surprise because you're a menace to society already, Miss Deja. Well, I was too through last night. I said, well, I knew, I, I told you last week, I said, nah, uh she's, she's now going after $40 million. Oh, somebody's going to start paying. Because, see, they're going to have to pull out some money. They may not pull out 40 mil, but somebody's going to start pulling out some money. And some, they, some, some heads are going to roll. So, again, they didn't got rid of the superintendent. They didn't got rid of the principal, assistant principal. They claim that some of these people left on their own. No, ain't nobody left. They left on their own. They got fired. Or they bucked right before they were being fired. So, no. No, 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 no. Where's my D-time crew? Where's my D-time crew? All right. Let's talk to Pastor Charlene. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, good morning. How are you today, my dear, my dear, my dear? Um, well, thank you. I feel like it's been forever since I've spoken to you. How are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a minute. <laughs> yes, it's been a minute. I haven't spoken to you. It seems like forever. All right, so what are we talking about here today? We're talking about this. 911 dispatcher over in Texas who has been caught, who was caught when her husband went through her phone 
and saw that she was sexting up to seven police officers, including two who she was having affairs with. And she he took it to her boss. And the boss is now doing research to find out whether this took place during work hours. Now, Pastor Shaw, what say you? Do you really think this was happening during work hours? Absolutely. For that many people, where when did you have time to work? And when, and when did you have time to go home and wash your butt? Pastor <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I said, I agree. It's only 24 hours in a day. And I'm trying to figure out when would you have time to hold down a job? Because you know you're working at least eight hours. Then you got time to go home and be with your husband. You got time to go home if there's any children. You got time to go home and sleep. You got time to go home and have two affairs. Ain't enough hours in the day for all of that, Pastor Charlotte. Mm-mm. Well, sound like some of that activity is, let me, at, on the job, let me take a break, coffee break, lunch, uh, driving somebody home, that's four, let's start to find some others. Um, smoke break, so a lot of quick moments. Um, and then maybe the neighbor, maybe the husband works an, another shift. I mean, still, you still ain't got time to sleep. You still ain't got time. Like you said, take care of your kids. Where are your kids at? Yep, I agree. I said some of this stuff had to have happened while you were at work because there's no way in the world, you know, you would be, you, there's a quickie going on somewhere, somewhere, you know, and to think that, you know, 911 calls are not being answered, you know, in a timely manner. And this is why. This is this is probably why. Probably why. All right, Pastor Charlotte, 10 years of marriage. 10 years, you've been married 10 whole years and you are in a relationship you're so unhappy that you now poison your husband with Drano in his tea now would you have put it in the tea I mean that's not a smart move because um, tea is not that strong how you masking the smell of Drano in tea Right, right. She she ain't even do the right homework, you know. And then she was putting too much. You got to do the little drop. Oh, see. Mm-mm. Anyway, do the little droppers in the food, you know, other little stuff like that. She ain't know what to do. So my thought was when we was talking about it that, like you said, 10 years, I don't understand why everybody want to kill everybody. Just walk away or kill yourself. Why the kids got to suffer? Why the person well, that you don't want to be with him no more? Hmm? I'm sorry. Wait, wouldn't they if you killed yourself? 
<laughs> Just do you. Nobody wants to walk away. And I don't understand why people just don't want to walk away. They always want to hurt other people. You're already going to hurt the kids even if you walk away. So they're going to already be in some kind of pain, you know, so they're already dealing with that. But for them to know that my mother is trying to kill my dad and us, that's even more therapy that they're going to need. So you have jacked them up as well. Just kill you or walk away. I agree. I agree. I, I agree. You know, the pe- children are already having a hard time when the, the parents are separating, the parents are divorcing. And, you know, now you have a mother in jail who they're now mm-hmm. going to know was trying to poison their father. So are they going to mm-hmm. want to have a relationship with you? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Children sever ties. Well, exactly. But then you know kids are cruel too, right? So now where your mama at? (laughs) Your mama in jail. Your mama tried to kill you. You know, so they have to deal with that. You know, we don't know the ages. But they even being grown, you know, people are still talking. You know, so you're giving um, your children something that they're going to suffer with for a while, if, if not for the rest of their life, because that stuff always come back. Where your mama at? Why she in jail? Ooh. And people talk. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this story I want to touch on, you know, we've been following this story for a while. There's been a ghost parent or ghost parents, you know, this now this makes sense all of this negligence. But you know what? I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. Let me hit up Pastor Jeff and see what's going on with Pastor Jeff. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? How are you? I'm well, thanks. How you doing over there? I'm doing well, doing well. Good, (laughs) good, good. All right, Pastor Jeff. Let's take it from a male perspective. You have this 911 dispatcher, and her husband goes through the phone and finds out that she's been sexting at least seven officers, one a deputy, one a sheriff, and in, 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 in the midst of all of that, there are two live affairs that's going on, and the... Uh, the husband got so mad, he turns it in to the boss, to her boss. So now you've got some suspensions going on, and, you know, he's going to now do some investigating to find out if, you know, any of this took place while not only was she working, but those she was sexting with or having an affairs with. Do you think it happened Pastor Jeff, during work hours, would you have to do any investigating? <laughs> no, it, it, I'm sure it happened during work hours, because that's when she can get away. Ah. That's when, when her husband, husband has no control over, you know, where she's at, so to speak, and what she's doing, because his assumption mm-hmm. is she's at work. 
Wow. That's where it happened. But I, you know, I worked on you know, those type of jobs in my life, so you know, a lot can happen. You know, during during lunchtime, it only takes five minutes. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> especially when you know when when you are that type of person. You know, that's it's five minutes. Let's let's run into the break room, do what we got to do, or grab a closet. You know, wherever little little, little hiding places, get it done. Oh my goodness! Wow, wow, Pastor Jeff, I got a question off topic, but this just came to my mind. Just just came to my mind. All right, how is it that the COs can slide the inmates? Out and have sex with them. Well, they don't slide them out of the jail. They, they, you got so many like Rikers Island. There's so many offices, so many dark places, you know. That well, when I was on the job, that you could actually go and hide out. Now, now, you know, I'm told they put got cameras up, you know, all over the place now. But they didn't have that when you know when I was on the job back in '87. So okay, it's it, it, it's so many places. It's a, you know I worked uh, six buildings, and we had modules and we had hallways and we had you know even in the A station, you know you got the bathroom that you could the office bathroom you can hide out in or do whatever you do. You know they they you know they find ways. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. We're coming back to that. We, we, we caught a female officer. We, we caught a female officer uh, taking on a couple of inmates one time because they their bunk beds, they put the blankets down and made like a little house, and she was in there uh, letting inmates run trains on her. What? I don't, I don't want to say her name because her father was a <laughs> deputy warden. Yeah, man. Wow. They, had to, they didn't. They didn't fire her. They had to transfer her because she had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, connections, you know, on the job. But she was a freak. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Just that she was a freak. You know, I, we coming back to that because I got another question. We coming back to that. We gonna make this a conversation today. All right. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for that one. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for that one. Because it just came to my mind. And I'm like, how do you get a chance to even do this stuff? I don't know. You know, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And and I guess when you really want to, you're going to make, a, you're going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen. All right. We're talking about this, this California doctor. And she, after 10 years, mother-in-law says this has been a rough marriage. Um, she's been abusive to the husband and the children over this 10 years. And she's been caught feeding her husband Drano in his tea. He sets up this camera. His, his tea starts tasting funny. So he sets up the camera in the kitchen, finds out that he's been um, dipping Drano in the tea. Now, after 10 years, you would think, that, okay, like Pastor Charlotte said, it's just time to go. 
Why are we giving up our whole entire life, our relationship with our children, possibly for some children, they are not messing with you after that. Some children are going to be dedicated to you. And it's not. It's like, why, are you gonna, why, why not just leave, Pastor Jeff? Why not just leave? What goes through your head? Listen, a scorned, <laughs> what did the Bible say about a scorned woman? <laughs> no, but it, you cannot really understand emotions, you know, and hurt and, re, you know, rejection and, and, and rage and all of that. It, do, it doesn't act like what we would say normal. So, you know, you say why. People's emotions, people's feelings, all that come into play. And that, that woman, she wanted that man dead. And she wanted him to die slowly. And, you know, for whatever, whatever reason, you know, she didn't want to walk away. When she walked away, she wanted him in the grave. So, and she's a doctor, so, of course, she's going to, you know, you know how to do it slowly. <laughs> you know, but he, he, he's a stupid man. You got to have some discernment, man. I don't know what these, these dudes. I don't understand them because I, I know about a situation like that. And thank God the woman didn't kill her husband because she got talked out of it by, by one of the church members, okay? But, he, you know, these men they do, what they, they do what they do, and then they come home and go to sleep like, like everything's good, man. Man, you been, that woman feeding you, she cooking your food, she, you know, she around your food every day. You better be nice. You better, you know, you better, you, you better treat her right. <laughs> you know, Pastor Jeff, I have said this forever and a day. I said it takes a bold individual to abuse a person and go lay down. I have said that myself. Yes. I'm like, you're real trusting that this person is not going to come back at you. People just, they snap. All people plot, like you said. You know, she wants to kill you slowly because she figured if she killed you slowly, it would be hard for them to detect it later. So you're right. So we can't anticipate how people will react, you know, when it's, you know, when, when, when they've been abused or whatever. You know, mother-in-law is saying that you know, she's been abusive, but I'm not saying she's not because you got wicked women like you got wicked men. But you, you everybody takes up for their son. Everybody take up for their time. And and speaking of which, Pastor Jeff, you know, I, my third story with you is going to be this YouTube prankster whose father is taking up for him when he didn't harass this man in the mall. This is his YouTube. His whole YouTube premise is to prank people and see how they respond. Well, he got a response because the man pulled out a gun and shot him in the stomach. So, you know, now dad is saying, oh, you know, he's a good guy. He has a good heart. You know, he's a real big teddy bear. Uh, are you, do you have a good heart when you are making other people's lives miserable for the fun of it? I'm asking. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, you can have a good heart in other, in other areas. But right. you know that you you don't be running around playing around pranking people these days. You got mental illness. You got people on the edge. You know, ready to shoot you and kill you in a minute. 
I mean, you just stupid right. going around pranking folks. Because me, I'd have beat the stew out of him and pranked me. You don't know me, and you just put a prank on me, I'd, I'd beat you that. Let that happen <laughs> to me. <laughs> I just beat you down. Go ahead, Pastor Jeff. Ooh, we got some rough passes in the house. Oh, my goodness. We coming back to this last story. Let me go hit up Pastor KL and see how he's doing over there. What he's got to say. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am doing fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, man, I'm just peachy over here. Just peachy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pastor KL. You got this married... Texas 911 dispatcher who's got all this stuff going on with seven sexters, two live affairs, and the boss wants to know, is it going down on the job? What say you? Well, I mean, first of all, see how many police officers got <laughs> to these places because the 911 wasn't answering the phone. See how many folks died. You know, see how many issues we had. Then you would know that it was happening on the job. And she wasn't doing her job. So she Ah. she hasn't been talking to someone else. No. Good angle. Good angle. (laughs) See where all the defects are. Absolutely. 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 So, would you have if you found this in your wife's phone, would you have turned it into her boss? Um, I would have turned it over to nine one one. I'd have called nine one one. There was probably <laughs> gonna be a, a death or a killing happening. I think that'd be the best place to call. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> because it, was all, it, it looked like it should have been consecutive murders. Because not only her, but the seven oh. other folks. Oh. Oh my! Well, then some maybe the, hopefully the other nine one one dispatcher was working. Uh, what an overnight mm. job! What an overnight wow. job! You having a ball? They don't say how long she's been working this shift, but I'm sure she was having this 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 overnight job was perfect for her. Would you say? You getting paid to get your freak on? <laughs> Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. California doctor killing her husband slowly with the Drano. You know, why not just walk off? Pastor Jeff says, listen, can't mess with a, with, with a woman's scorn. What say you? What goes on in your head when you hear this slow death opposed to just walking off? What, what two things. One, this is why I don't drink tea. And two, this is why I never dated a woman that can cook. So I wasn't worried about you poisoning me because I had to cook my own food and, and buy my own drink. So that was never going to be the problem. But, but yeah, I, 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 just, I just, you know, if you're going to kill me, you're going to kill me another way. But, yeah, I, I don't understand how you get that mad to jeopardize everything. You know, so you jeopardize your freedom, you jeopardize your children. You know what I mean? You get that mad over a person? I, I, I just I just don't know if if you are that 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 important for me 
to lose me over you. Well, you know what? I, I, to be honest with you, if you're at that point, you've already lost you. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not who you are. So you've already lost yeah. you. You know, but that that's just that, that's just a bad place to take yourself out of. Because now he's still yeah. alive. And look where you are now. So you didn't win. Not at all. Not at all. You were the biggest loser. Right, right. Not at all. Not at all. You are officially the biggest loser. All right. Pastor Jeff said he would have given a beat down. Um, what would you have done had this prank been, you know, somebody's... Um, Okay, so the prank was he put the phone to this, so the bystanders say. He put the phone to this ear, to this person's ear. He didn't know. And it had a person talking in a different language. The guy smacks the phone away from him once, smacks the phone away from him twice. He comes back a third time, he shoots him in the stomach. Would that have been your response? You're not shooting, not well, shooting. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I would have shot you in the belly. But I would have been, I would have been annoyed. I mean, you know, I, I've watched a lot of these YouTube pranks. You know, some of them are funny, you know, but some of them are, are annoying. And even in the YouTube pranks, some of them you see, uh, they go after the guy, but the cameraman diffuses the situation. So, yeah, all, all of the stuff is not funny. And me, even being a comedian, you know, there, there's, I want space. I don't want you in my face like that. Now, if you're close what? enough to, to, that the phone is out of my ear, you are in my space, my personal space. At that point, I'm, I'm, I'm not even thinking that it's, it's a prank or it's a joke. I'm just thinking, why is this man in my space? And I have to remove him from him. Right, right. You, you know, you're in a mall and you're shopping. You don't find the person's in. You know, you don't, people don't want to be bothered like that. Cut it out. Right. Cut it out. Leave people alone for your stupid YouTube pranks. Well, this was one for the books because now he's laid up in the hospital recovering from a gunshot. Um, all right. So we've been following this six-year-old who, you know, has been a menace in the school system. And it's been a mystery as to who these parents are. Um, no one was charged with anything all this time. No one's been charged. No names have been dropped. And last night, I found the name, and it is Deja Nicole Taylor, 25. Are you surprised that Deja Nicole Taylor, 25, has a six-year-old who's a menace to society, Pastor Charlotte? Absolutely not. I figured that it just had to be um, because of, one, I'm still stuck on that who do you know for you to be able, for your child to be able to do all these things. So, no, it didn't surprise me when you said the name of that, the and young, and, and, and the mother being young. So it did not surprise me. Absolutely not. All righty. Pastor Jeff, Deja Nicole Taylor, 25 years old. So Deja Nicole Taylor, we don't have to ask uh, what her ethnicity is. Fast, 
25, then they showed her youthfulness. Is it surprising that she's the mother of the six-year-old who's demented? Well, first of all, why Daisy Nicole Teller can't be a white woman? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. White woman. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But... But it, I, I, I went and saw, saw, saw the video, and she's not a white woman, but she she she, she looked like she's close to one. <laughs> wow. But, wow. But the thing is, um, I you know, you know how our households, a lot of our ghetto households are raised, you know, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> Now, I'm not surprised that that little boy probably around uh, men, she probably got men around them that act in that manner, you know? So, okay. you know, his attitude was he didn't like what was going on, he's going to shoot it. He's going to shoot the teeth, you know? But yeah. and she, careless, she careless with a gun. She got a gun because she could, could have one, you know, but she's not responsible with it. And she's about to pay a heck of a price for that one. Yep. Big time. Big time. And and like I said to, to, to everyone last week, and I repeat it, when that, when that teacher decided she was suing for that kind of money, I was like, nah, it's going to be flying all over the place. Oh, somebody, somebody drops some names and somebody's going to be finally held accountable. And lo and behold, they are saying that now – they are charging her. Let me let me let me get it now. They're charging her with felony child neglect and recklessly leaving a firearm so as to endanger a child. Those are the two charges. Pastor KL, are you surprised that Deja Nicole Taylor of twenty five is being charged with no, I'm definitely not surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if a light-skinned person was, 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 you know, being charged. I mean, because that, that's totally neglect. And this just goes to show, you know, what I've been saying for a while. When you have children having children, I mean, she's only 25, the child is six, so she had it as a child. So when you have children right. having children, the, 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 the whole order of protection, the whole order of, of parenthood, it's, it's totally different. You know what I mean? They they don't do what what we did, you know, and they're more of friends than parents, you know. So listen, when when I was when I was growing up, and this was years ago, I I couldn't play with it with a toy gun, you know. So so having a toy gun, you know, and I, I could have a water gun, you know. Now the thing is, let's buy guns, you know, and and, and they running around shooting people, playing like they shooting people. So, you know, there's no difference for them from, from a, a toy gun than a real gun. It's a toy. Right, 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 right. And we haven't been able to establish, you know, a boundary when these yeah. items become toys. And we talked about this once before, about the video that I saw um, on uh, Facebook of the uh, pastor whose grandson was in the yard 
with this rifle and the strap that goes across the, you know, I guess you put it on your back um, and the strap is in the front. And she was catching some flack about, you know, him playing with this gun. It was a rifle. And you had those others who were, you know, they didn't think anything wrong with it. And I'm like, what dope thinks nothing's wrong with it? So, yeah, you know, when you give these kids a chance to play with something that looks like a gun, there are no boundaries. It's all a toy. It's all a toy. So, absolutely. All right. Pastor Jeff said something when we were talking, and it quickly shifted into a church folk segment in my brain. When you said, Pastor Jeff, that there was someone who had to talk someone away from doing something to a church, uh, a church, out of, you know, committing this kind of a crime. And I thought about some of the stuff as pastors that we've had to talk these people out of. There may not have been something deadly, but it's something that you said, are you serious? You really, you, somebody really had to talk to you about this thing? Pastor Charlotte, you know, you three are the, the, the you three come up with some stories. What was something crazy you had to talk someone out of? And you may have gone back later and said, I really had to talk so-and-so out of that. They couldn't have worked that out on their own. Um, I'm thinking. Um, can you come get back to me? Let me get a minute. I'm sorry? No, I was saying while you were coming up with your story, I was telling Pastor KL and Pastor Jeff to think. Well, let you, why are you thinking, Pastor Sean? Let me ask you something, Pastor Jeff. So did the person tell the other individual literally what they were going to do? Or they were, like, contemplating this thing? Well, um, the the man in question was a pastor, and his wife was first lady. And the man had been, the pastor, man, husband, had been cheating on her, you know, with some of the church members. And she uh, poisoned his food because... You know, he always come home. She was good cook. You know, I, I've eaten some of her cooking. <laughs> and she poisoned, his, she poisoned his food. And one of the church mothers, in a dream, God gave it to her, exactly what this first lady was doing. And right before, when she handed her husband the food, she got a phone call from the church mother. And the church mother says, please, um, please don't... Um, don't do what you're about to do. Don't do it. Don't do it. And she grabbed the food and spilt it on the floor before her husband could eat it. And that's how that got stopped. And then later on, confessed that she had poisoned the food with rat poison. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And the, and the, and the husband, you know, he found out about it later. And all his statement was, I wasn't going to eat that food anyway. <laughs> now, all, all the 
all the people that I'm talking about, they're deceased now. You know, the church mother, the first lady, and the and the, and the husband. They, you know, they're going on to be with the Lord now. But that story has 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 lived on. <laughs> wow! 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 And that was his response. Wow! That wow. was something. I first hand information because you know it's my family. <laughs> <laughs> when I say you and Pastor Charlene, y'all got some stories. Oh my goodness, y'all got some stories, and Pastor KL got some stories. Oh my goodness gracious! Wow, 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 wow! Oh my goodness. Okay, you got to come up with another one, Pastor Jeff, because Pastor Charlotte, Pastor Charlotte, did you get one yet in your head? I have plenty of them. Um, (laughs) What did you say, Pastor Charlotte? I said, we can hear his. Um, Only thing that I'm thinking (laughs) of not them actually hurting their step on hurting someone else, more or less of hurting themselves. That's the one that just keeps coming. Of how okay. talking someone of not to commit suicide. Okay. Um, okay. On okay. that behalf, and leaving everybody behind. Um, that's the one that just keeps pressing on that. Um, with that, they wanted to end their life because of life, pretty much just life. Um. And with that, you know, your children don't want to talk to you, um, and they're grown. And with that, um, the parent can't deal with it. Uh, But things happen. Um, Children get mad at us because you try to help them, and then they push away or, you know, whatever it is. And dealing with that um, more so and not knowing that this was going to be the last time that we see you. And it just so happened that in a conversation, it wasn't going too good. And I kept saying, what are you, what are you about to do? And then they just started to cry. And, um, and then they had to confess where they was on their way to. So it, it broke my heart because, one, you got to a place and you didn't allow nobody else to come in. Because, you know, we always say, we good. Well, you know how y'all say, I say, I'm all right. <laughs> and um, so, <laughs> I hear Pastor KL laughing too. And um, so, you know, and, I, thought, huh? I thought he was going to say it. Oh. <laughs> and so dealing with that and to see that this was going, you thought that this was going to be your last, but, you know, thank God that God intervened and for us to have a conversation. So it's pretty much of talking a person off the ledge while you're in church. Okay. You know what I mean? Because it could have been a whole nother direction if I didn't take that time. You know what I mean? So that was, was the one that was really pressing on me. Um, Because maybe it's for somebody that's listening. But just in that state, instead of saying something to somebody, 
that the Lord had to intervene to show, don't let that person go nowhere. Okay. Okay. I mean, Elder Natisha told the story a few weeks ago about how she was sitting in church. And that was her. <coughs> Excuse me. That was her plan. And uh, um, one of the mothers walked up to her um, and, you know, spoke to her. So, you know, we do know that, you know, uh-huh. God can body. Yeah. Weren't you on that Wednesday? Yeah, she talked about it. She talked about it um, many years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, so we know God can, you know, really send someone, you know, out, you know, to save your life. Whether, you know, we talked about it or not. So, like you said, in your conversation, you know, the Spirit of the Lord had you say whatever you needed to say in order to help to save that person's life. And thank God, you know, that, you know, they did end up talking. Because people who, you know, are suicidal, they really want to talk. You know, the studies have shown, you know, they really want to, they really want to talk. And... You know, thank God that that right conversation came along. So, giving God thanks for that life. Um, and whoever mm-hmm. might be listening, you know, um, who who that might be touching. So, thank you for sharing. Pastor KL, on a lighter note, you know, do we have a story of some something that you, you know, you, you really, you, ha- you had a conversation and you said really Wow, we had to talk. Somebody had to talk you out of that one. What's your story this morning? Well, you know, my 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 pastoral uh, resume derives from the south. I don't, you know, I haven't been a pastor in the hood in New York and stuff like that. So some of those stories are just not, you know, doesn't happen down here in Alabama. So you know, we're more, we're. We're more of the of the white collar for Jesus down here. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're just a little different. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but oh, but yeah, I, I would say I, I did have a conversation with a young man um, who came to Bible study with a gun because he wanted to shoot the deacon because he heard that the deacon was sleeping with his not his wife, but his girlfriend. So that was a wow. that was a bit uh, boys in the hood for Christ uh, episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> he came in a little earlier before the Bible study started to tell me that he was going to shoot his deacon while he had the gun out. So I said, "Well, I'm wow. not the deacon." Just so that we understand, <laughs> so we don't we don't have no issues about that. It's not me you're looking for. I'm the pastor. So we had no speaking, and I asked him, "Was it really working?" And you know, why do you think he's sleeping with your girlfriend? And I just have a feeling. I said, "Well, did you know for sure?" He says, "No." I said, "Was well, so you can go shoot somebody on a hunch and go to jail?" I said, "And then somebody else, and you know, I was just being real." I said, "Then somebody else will be sleeping with your girlfriend." Because you're going to be in jail. So what you going to do then? <laughs> so now you're killing somebody for sleeping with your girlfriend. You don't go to jail and somebody else don't sleep with them. That don't, make like, that, that don't seem like a lot of sense. So make it make sense. So after we had this whole conversation, he realized, 
you know, I was making sense. He left, put his gun away, and said thank you. And the wow. deacon lived. Happily ever wait, after. Wait, wait. <laughs> Did the deacon ever know that his life was in danger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Because that Sunday I pulled the deacon to the side, and I said, you put my life in danger. But, you know, we all look alike. And he didn't know whether I was a deacon or not. <laughs> well, whatever you do. And she was definitely going to get busted. 
and I had wow. her dumped it right there behind the church in the in the in the in the dumpster. Dump 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 it all. You know. And it was just like, man, I couldn't believe she you know, gonna do that. I couldn't believe I had to talk out of her. I couldn't believe she was that stupid. That she was gonna wow. throw her life away for this bum. So that that's just another story in the hood. <laughs> wow. Okay, Pastor Jeff, you know, when you know, and like you said, this speaks to desperation. Um, why, why was, what did she say? I mean, because we can assume a million, a million things. But what did she say was really the, 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 uh, the uh, selling point that he gave her to make her take this risk? She, it was nothing she said that was a selling point. She just felt like, you know, I, I wanted to do something for my daddy. I mean, I, I wanted to be accepted by my daddy. She just, you know, when it came to that daddy issue and ran deep, and she's just stupid. Because what could wow. he say other than do this for me? You know? Um, and, you know, and that clearly shows, man. I, I wish I could have went to the penitentiary and beat the stew out of him for, for that mess. Wow, you know? wow. And she... She she's gone on to be with the Lord too. She um got married and had a um got pregnant and giving birth to the baby. Her and the baby died, man. It was so sad. Oh wow. Wow. And she was wow. just like what? She was what? Thir- 31 years old. Wow. I was going to ask yep. you. That was a question. How old was she um at the time when, you know, she was uh, intending to take this stuff to the um, to the dad. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, again, you know, what church folk won't do, you know, at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're just people. And you have to get in talking to like the average individual out here in the street. Oh, my pastoral team, thank you so very much for your contribution into today's conversation. Thank you so very much, and we pray you have a blessed day. You too. You as well. Thank you. you all. Thank you. Everyone. All right. All This This is definitely an appropriate time to hold hands and hold hearts as we go before the Lord. <clears throat> you know, it's it's no way to hear these stories in your heart not be heavy. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, oh God, because through it all, you're always so good. We give you thanks to Heavenly Father because your eye is always on the sparrow. Thank you so much, God, for all the times that you have rescued us. All the times when you have saved us from ourselves. Thank you, God, for the times when you have spoken to other individuals who we used to save our lives in, in more than one way. We give you thanks to Heavenly Father for their obedience. Thank you so much to Heavenly Father that they were willing to be used so that another life might be saved. 
We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, because this is the plight of your people. And we've been given a task. And the task is to just take care of the lives in your kingdom here on earth. And it's, it's a major task. It's a selfless task. It's a task where we have to step outside of ourselves, outside of our comfortability at times, where we have to potentially step into a danger zone, a, a, a task where, you know, we continually give of ourselves. And a lot of times we are running on empty ourselves. But to Heavenly Father, we thank you for using us. Thank you for giving us our purpose. Thank you for helping us to understand our purpose where others are still trying to find themselves, where others are still trying to make out what it is that they should be doing or shouldn't be doing. You've helped to really make things clear. And as we are on here each and every day, dear Heavenly Father. We we realize in, in these discussions, God, the severity. We realize, dear Heavenly Father, the plight that people are in. We can't speak as to how people get to where they are. All we know is that's where they are. And we have to think quickly we have to listen for you, to you, and we have to have our ear to your voice. We have to position our own lives, God, to make sure we're always ready, willing and able to touch another individual's life. Because in actuality, we're not just touching one life. We're touching every life that's connected to that life and every life that's connected to that life. So we say thank you to you, dear Heavenly Father, for loving us, that you saved our life, our life. And had you not saved our life, where would our families be? Where would our loved ones be? We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, as we, you know, talk about these individuals in these stories, God, we lift up the 911 dispatcher and all the individuals that uh, have been included in these affairs, whether it's just via text or live affairs, God, and how many lives were potentially at risk because we know that during the shifts, on both sides, whether you were supposed to be policing something or someone, or whether you were supposed to be sounding the alarm and reaching out to get people help, somebody slipped through the cracks to Heavenly Father. We ask you, dear God, that whether they are giving back their jobs or not, that they would understand the severity of their actions, touch their lives, touch their thoughts, touch their hearts, touch their minds, touch their spirit, God, that they would understand 
their responsibilities. They've made an oath to protect. And we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, that this, this pause would be an opportunity for them to rethink what they have signed up to do. God, we're asking you to touch the life of the woman who was poisoning her husband. Because at the end of the day, she wasn't just poisoning her husband, God. She was poisoning her children as well. Because how many other ways could they look at their mother? Was there something going on that we don't see in this, in, in this article that needs to be addressed? The husband. We thank you, God, for sparing his life so that whatever lessons need to be learned by any of these individuals, God, now it can happen. Well, even the YouTube prankster, God, we thank you for sparing his life. An opportunity again for a pause to be taken so he can think about what he's doing. Disturbing lives does not make for a good individual. Where else are you disturbing lives? An unstable man is unstable in all his ways. You're not just disturbing lives there. There's some other areas. What's going on in his own life, dear Heavenly Father? We ask you to fix it, correct it, help him to see that there's so much more he can do with a camera. So much more that's productive. So many lives that you can bless. Well, we're just grateful for all that you have done. God, now that, you know, the six-year-old, this story just continues, God. And we continue to pray to Heavenly Father that he would get the help that he needs at six. That he's grabbed right now. He didn't take him to be 25. Before you begin to deal with him We pray for his mother Dear Heavenly Father Whatever negligence that she's offered Into this situation Into his life Into the lives of everyone In that school We ask you Dear Heavenly Father That she Be made to realize That she has a responsibility There have been other mothers That are young who are much more responsible. We don't know where she's come from. We don't know what she's been through. But Lord, we we ask you to just 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 transform that life. That other lives might be saved just by this one example. There's so many stories that have come out of this one major story. And we just ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to just work through the staff work through the children who have all been involved, work through any of the authorities that are connected to this story, God, so that there would be a silver lining and that lives could be changed for the better. Because we already know lives have been changed, potentially for the worse. But what the enemy means for bad, you can always turn this around so that it can be a blessed situation at the end of the day. We know that you've got a master plan. All of this is not for naught. 
but we're asking for some accentuated lessons, some extra blessing on this situation. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for all that you have given us, individually and collectively, that we would be a blessing to your people, that people would listen, hear, learn, and take this all seriously and want to change their life. We thank you, God, for using us. We thank you, God, for choosing us. We thank you, God, for every listener that they would go and tell somebody about what's going on here. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, no matter how, how much news you read, Things just never seem to amaze you. And, you know, I always say that our, our crew has, I mean, they have stories. And we know that God uses these things for his glory. At the end of the day, God is always going to get the glory out of the situation and you know Pastor Jeff's stories the people that he spoke about are all deceased now however what impact has it made on his life the life of his children the life of his wife the life of anyone who heard the stories today you know what can we glean from these stories you know talking about a young lady who didn't have a father but was so desperate for the quote-unquote love or attention or the acceptance of this, you know, of, in this situation. And she was willing to do anything. How many times we as Christian people do things out of desperation? You know, we don't see the forest for the trees. And we don't look at it as desperation. But it's a desperate move. You know, how many times have you seen women get married because their biological clock is ticking and they worried about getting a husband or, you know, the man wants to marry because he don't want to be alone. And, and, and there's a mess. There's a mess. There's a mess of children's lives. There's a mess of other people that are surrounding them. There's just a mess. Just all from desperation, right in the house of the Lord, right in the house of the Lord. I mean, you know, I was looking at something the other day, and, and there was a pastor, and, you know, they were pressing him to get married. You know, pastor, you know, he needs to be married, and, you know, and he was explaining, you know, I really haven't found anyone who, quote, unquote, kind of fixed the bill. And, and, they, and they were pressuring him. Oh, you know, well, we can't. You know, we can't have, you know, the pastor, you know, who's not married. And, you know, I'm sure you could find something good in, in some of the, you know, lady friends you have. And I'm saying to myself, well, what, is he just supposed to go and say eeny, meeny, miny, mo? <laughs> what is that? Are we pressuring one another for the wrong reasons? Are we worrying about image more than we're worried about the life. 
you knew he was single when you when when you you know put him in position. Why put him in position and now pressure him? Because what good is that going to do? What good is that going to do? It's not going to do much good because now what is he looking at? What is his focus? Now he's just you know and and you could tell you know when they when when the you know whoever that was walked off from him and he just left him in some quandary with just a look on his face like you know what am I going to do you know what what am I supposed to do and are we pressuring you know we talked about this before are we pressuring the people in the house of God to make decisions based on image. Oh, you know, if, if I have to hear one more time, it's better to marry than to burn. Yes, the Bible does say that. And we understand maybe the context in which you're using it, but the timing of your usage, <laughs> it may not be what it, you know, where it needs to be. It's not the time for that particular, not here, not with these two, not with that one. We understand, you know, what what it means. But are we going to tell people this? What does that mean to a person who, you know, who hears that and now jumps out and makes that decision? Well, you know, that is better than, you know, married in the burn. I don't think we need to be using that so loosely. Because, you know, as with anything else, we could be using that at the wrong time. So let's let's just be careful of what we say uh, to people. When we say it to them, you know, ask God for discernment as to, you know, when we should speak. And when we should use verses in the Bible. <laughs> because, see, in, in, in our heads, sometimes we think that if I quote a Bible verse, then it'll help to support, you know, what I'm saying. And it's coming from the Word of God. But again, that one particular Bible verse can send somebody into an area that they don't need to be in. And what responsibility do we hold at the end of the day? pushing that person into the wrong direction. And I've, I've heard people say this to people, and, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. They don't need to be married. There's a big mess that is going on behind the scenes that nobody knows about. But you feel you're saying the right thing. <sighs> Pray before you speak to people. Stay prayerful before you advise people, even with the scripture. Even with the scripture. Because we definitely don't want to send people down the wrong road. And always, always be ready to be used. Always be ready to be used. You don't know who, what, when, where, and why. God is going to need you to save a life. And you said, me? You know, I, I, what can I say? You have no idea. You know, 
you don't know, you know, what it took for any of these pastors to say the things that they've said that really would have made the difference in that person's life. You know, Pastor Charlotte said she had to talk to someone, you know, not to take their life. Well, guess what? Pastor Pastor Jeff did the same thing. And Pastor KL did the same thing. They had to talk those individuals out of taking their own life. Because had she walked up in that jail, oh, she was going down if they caught her. If Pastor KL had not spoken to the gentleman with the gun, he was going down. You you going up in there and you taking the life. And like Pastor KL said, she going to be doing what she doing. They ain't going to stop her. So now you sitting behind bars doing a life sentence or maybe on death row for taking a life for someone sleeping with your girlfriend and you giving your life away. No different than the conversation that Pastor Charlene had. So always be ready to be used. Don't underestimate how God can use you. Don't underestimate when God can use you. Always stay prayerful that you can be used by God because you never know when that time is going to come where God's going to knock on your door and he needs you to save a life. And don't underestimate what those words can be and the impact of your words. That that could turn a person around. You remember the Bible says, you know, make sure you pick a brother up when you see him falling because in doing so, you save a multitude of sins. A multitude of sins. Not just one, but a multitude of sins. Always be ready to be used by God. You've been listening to It's Duke Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship in the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where is Wow Wednesday? Until then, I love you.